In our series, A String of Pearls, Dutch Buzz contributors speak to people who have made an exceptional contribution to our local community. People whose passion for what they do have had an added value for the city of The Hague. Patricia Cardena is someone who has taken half a lifetime to come to terms with the sexual abuse she suffered as a child. She's now determined to share her knowledge as a survivor who conquered her trauma. Patricia lives in The Hague and gives workshops on how she managed to reawaken her inner child, claim back her power, feel free at last and at peace with herself. She is a true The Hague Pearl. Patricia, I've used that quote from, from what I read about you. How did you get there? I came with that quote because when, when you're abused as a child, so many things are stolen. And, and then you don't allow to live, uh, you don't allow yourself to live fully, right? So you're walking on eggshells all the time, trying to be careful, to please. And also you think that anybody can at any time see that you are damaged and you are like walking around with your masks and sometimes can be like a happy child or the funny person or timid and introvert doesn't matter I, I think I wore all those uh, masks or the power woman you know trying to be sexy and raunchy sometimes so you you keep hiding 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 and the most beautiful thing once you have accepted what happened and process it uh, I process it with the help of psychological therapy it's so beautiful to connect again with who you are, the child you were born, and also feel at peace and feel satisfied with life is something that I don't know how to express it with words right now, but so calm. You feel calm. You still feel, of course, I feel I'm still an energetic person in real life, but I feel calm and I want people to feel calm and happy at the same time. Now you've taken this uh, big step in terms of, of, of sharing your life story but also helping others. Um, how are you going to do that? Well the way I am I am doing it is I have as I told you before our <laughs> before the interview I was looking for a way to give a structure of everything that I've been doing in the past 10 years, basically, to be where I am now, to give it a structure and a shape so I can teach it to others. 10 years sounds like a lifetime to me. Does it take that long? It took me that long. I think the first time, so the, I th the first time I spoke about abuse, the abuse I had, uh, I was maybe 19 and I told it to my boyfriend and we just cried and hugged and that's it. And then it took me then again, I think when I was 35 or 36, I went to therapy and I told it, but I was not ready to work on it. And it was only when I was 44 that I was really ready to, to speak about it with a therapist and go through the process. But before, you know, those moments, I, 
I did a yoga teacher training of two years, so that helped me a lot, uh, spiritually and physically as well. Then I did two years of acting in New York. Well, that's life changing, <laughs> I tell you. And <laughs> a very diverse career. <laughs> wow. And, um, and in New York, you hear so many people's stories. They are much more open to talk about their traumas and that it helped me to start opening up. Then it came the Me Too movement. And I remember the first time I wrote Me Too on Facebook, I was shaking. I didn't tell the story, but I put hashtag Me Too. That's it. That was my first step. And so I thank, thank you, Me Too movement. <laughs> and, and then, um, and, and you know, they keep practicing yoga, keeping uh, acting, and you, you kind of learn to channel and discover many things uh, about you. And when I started therapy and writing, we <laughs> I've been journaling all my life. And I've been channeling a lot of uh, frustration and anger through writing, but also um, projecting a better life also through through writing. So there, I have so many things in my toolbox that I needed to give a structure and to be able to help others. Because if I if I tell everything that I'm doing, like, oh my God, how we do this? And then I, I made a coaching program that is called the three R's program. One, uh, the one R is release, to release all those masks, all those, um, the anger, the shame, the fear. Then another one is refill, refill your tank with love, with gratitude and strength, mental and physical and replace. And replace can mean reorganize what are your priorities in life or actually get some things out <laughs> and leave some space and uh, leaving things out it can be a bad habit it can be a relationship that is not serving you uh, anymore and yeah give more more space to to yourself and it doesn't have to be in this order exactly but it depends on the need of the person in every conversation that, that we have, we will do the plan for the following uh, week, so to speak. And day by day, week by week, you'll become stronger, more focused, happier, and, and more grateful with your, with your life. You would not think anymore, why this happened to me? You will find a purpose and you will find a way to, to channel it. And you don't have to become an activist, for instance, there has to be like something out there, but maybe that will help you with the relationship with your children. Some people said, wow, after I talked with you, I had the best day of my life with my child because they allow themselves to, to be intimate in a healthy way. And before they were putting a lot of distance with their own children because they didn't dare to go too close in case they will hurt them. So there's, there's many many levels there <laughs> now you've become a, a life coach who can you help because you're not a psychiatrist or a psychologist who are the people that can share and be helped by your knowledge i i found out through because i started speaking about this uh, in theaters through my poetry 
and many people came to me to share my, uh, their story with me. And in those conversations, I asked if they have been in a, in with a psychologist, and many people didn't because they didn't dare. They they fear going to a psychologist because they fear they will not be understood, or some they have been there, but the psychologists haven't taken them seriously, which is really sad to hear. So the people I and people open up to me because I have gone through the same, and they know I understand everything. So I was victim of intrafamilial child abuse and also people outside the family. Um, so I can I, I have a pretty wide understanding of how that things uh, that makes you feel and what's the inner journey. So I can help people who want to go to therapy but are not yet ready and I can give them the mental and physical strength to gain this trust and confidence and together we can look for a psychologist if they want to go that way I, I am in contact with ther a therapist in, in Spain she's really good specialized in this topic and can help uh, people both in English and Spanish and I also know an hypnotherapist in the US that she can also help and I, I hope to widen my my network, <laughs> the people like I, I trust and we can work together. Or I can also help people who are in therapy, but they feel that sometimes it is too much. They feel overwhelmed. They, they feel like maybe they give up because they can take it. Because the pain is real. It's not only emotional pain, you feel physical pain. My experience was that when the abuse happened, I blocked it. I didn't allow myself to feel. So it, take me, it took me more than 30 years to allow myself to feel. So the pain was physical. Like I told you, like, like it was having, like, having a blender on your stomach oh and, goodness, and, and yeah. ripping uh, your, your body uh, apart and wanting to throw up and nightmares. It is something quite heavy. And I was so lucky and blessed with my friends because they were next to me every day. I, I could ask them for help any, any time, any moment. And I was, at the time I had a boyfriend, he was really supportive and I had a lot of conversations and I felt really loved and supported by, by my friends. And in this process, and even before that, you might have suicidal thoughts which are really heavy and you feel guilty for that you don't have to feel guilty we can go through it and of course the psychologist is the best person to help you to go through it but uh, these are things that uh, that happen and I know it and I know how you feel if you go to a family gathering and your abuser is there what are you going to do how are you going to react how or how what boundaries do you want to put there so I can I can help the people in the journey while they are in therapy and give them the tools for themselves to gain that inner strength and go forward. And also I can help people that have finished therapy because, you know, once you have the blender <laughs> in your stomach, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you cannot just jump and, and, and run. It's like you had a surgery and you have to again uh, find who you really are, what do you want, and find enjoyment in life, and and be happy. 
Yes, how did you do that? Uh, speak from your first experience. So I so uh, I this one specific moment I I remember very very clearly. I finished therapy uh, like few months later my boyfriend and I broke up and covid started. So it was no covid started and few months later we broke up. And I felt like so lonely and unloved and you know the, like the world was falling apart. And I, you know, I was doing my journaling, my meditation, my dancing, my own hugs and all my love and self-care things that I knew, but it was not, I got a nutritionist to help me with the diet to control anxiety and it was not really uh, working and I got so stressed and I decided to contact the psychologist again. And they gave me an appointment in three weeks time. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to go to the psychologist again. I know what I have to do to be better. So during those three weeks, I was non-stop taking care of myself in every sense, like love, care, having fun, sleeping, everything. Everything, everything, all the flashcards. That consciously. You, like consciously, yeah, yeah. consciously during those three weeks, like non-stop. So when I had the intake because uh, with a psychiatrist, because you have the intake with a psychiatrist, that we know each other because we were working together for two uh, for two years. I told her, "Look, uh, Maria, I'm doing all of this. So I, f I felt like that. I'm doing all of this, and now I feel better." Uh, and she said, uh, "I can't help you because you you got it. You have to keep doing this work. It's not like you finish therapy and you are free. Uh, you had intrafamilial child abuse." and it's, it's very engraved in you. So you need to keep doing this work. It doesn't stop. Is that what you wanted to hear? <laughs> or did you think she's something, you know, she'd have another tool? Yeah, that I, I told you. So isn't there a surgery that you, you can do in my brain just to remove it and that's it, like wash it and put it back or give me a new one? Uh, no, it doesn't exist. So you have to keep doing your work, rewiring your brain. And the more you work on it and focusing on the on on the good things in life and the possibilities instead of the yes you see every challenge as a negative thing instead of as a as an option to to grow then yeah you stay there but if you grow with every challenge life is beautiful once you accept that life is always changing and you will have good moments and bad moments and once you're at peace with it and you know that you have the tools to deal with it and if not you can always ask for help because sometimes it's very difficult to ask for help but now i ask for help like if, if i cannot deal with it like i ask for help either to a friend or a coach or yeah, i think whoever. that's probably a key element in this whole story of yours eh? reach out reach out yes you have to you do have to reach out and uh, for many people that now uh, might be listening and doubting uh, who can I reach out to, uh, you can start opening up first to yourself, like admit that this happened to you, and then you can tell someone you trust. And I tell you, this someone you trust should not be the best friend of the abuser or closer to the abuser or something, or any relationship with the abuser, because that person might feel kind of split. 
So I would advise you not to go to someone who's close to the abuser to start speaking up. And, and of course you can go to a counselor or depending if you want to sue or you don't want to sue. It's like if all these are very personal decisions. But I think uh, for myself it was more important to heal than to go to a trial process because if they will put that person in jail I still will not feel it will not give me peace and revenge if, if you do it because you think that person should be put away because um, then it is impossible that he or she abuses other people is one thing but if you do it because of revenge it will it will it will stay uh, within this this anger and it's, it's not a, it's not a good feeling to have you chose to heal I chose I chose for that of course my my all the crimes uh, that done against me were prescribed and I could not go to yeah to court and and also there is no physical proof there's only mental only the psychological reports and I have the feeling, I don't know if I am right with this, but I have a strong feeling that uh, judges are looking more into physical um, damage than into mental damage. But if something happened so many years ago, you don't have any physical um, evidence. And also if it happened yesterday, you might not have any physical evidence because the abuse might have been gentle. Or it might have been uh, verbal, or it might have been for exhibition or exposure to, and then you don't have any physical evidence. So I think there's a lot of work to do in that field. They have to do, m they have to trust the psychological reports uh, uh, more. Yeah, and you were saying earlier that even reporting uh, abuse to the police is traumatic. Here in the Netherlands. Yes, I recently read uh, an article where. Uh, women are discouraged basically by the police to report because the the process is very so if you if your car was stolen you can go and, and report that your car was stolen but if you report that someone raped you it can be your boyfriend even or, or a friend because many of the sexual abusers like I think it's about 80% happened with someone that you know or is your partner they, it's not that easy. You go through an entire questionnaire that refrains you for t going further. Because they, say, they, they tell you how difficult the process is going to be, how... Well, in my own experience, Lilian, I got sexually harassed in, in a company here in the Netherlands. One, one colleague smacked my butt and I went to HR and they told me exactly the same. They said, Oh, you know, you could sue him, but then he could uh, lose her family and his job. You have to really be careful, and it will be very difficult for you. You just have to arrive. You just have arrived to the Netherlands, and uh, it's better that you don't report him. We will give him a warning. Yeah, yeah deplorable. Yeah. yeah. So you chose the path of healing and am I looking at a, a healed Patricia today? You're looking at a much better version of Patricia <laughs> comparison in comparison who, with uh, who I was and how I was feeling. 
100% heal? Probably not. Uh, no, I'm sure not. <laughs> no problem. I'm sure I am not 100% heal. But I keep working every day on, on this. But not, it doesn't feel like homework, I have to do this, right? It feels like, oh, I'm growing, I'm learning. And sometimes you feel painful points. And I have a coach myself, I have a mentor, I go to masterminds and just to keep uh, growing and healing and being aware of my emotions, my reactions, my likes, dislikes, the judgments. But I see, it, I don't see like a something heavy to do, it's more almost like a game. <laughs> I wish they would give me points of diplomas or trophies <laughs> every time I get um, uh, a new insight and this is the thing that you have to be at peace with and you have to be at peace with the fact that some days you will cry and you will feel quite shitty to be honest yeah do you re relive uh is the trauma every time you have a workshop uh no 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 no, no. i don't relieve the trauma and many and many times i cry and i get emotional but it doesn't come from oh poor me or I'm reliving that moment just I get emotional and I'm uh, being proud of uh, now I get emotional <laughs> of, the, of the person I have become because uh, some years ago I could not believe uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't even phantom that I will become this person right and yeah it's like oh I'm, I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm helping people and I'm inspiring people I get messages every day every day Thank you yeah. messages from yeah. from people that reach me out through social media, uh, friends, and and if it's really really beautiful to see how I am helping people, even if they are, even if I'm not coaching them, even if we just have a conversation via messenger, they thank me a million. You know, uh, maybe there is not the right moment for them to go further, or they don't, you know, they don't want to, or they don't have the financial uh, possibilities. This is why I want to do another program that will be uh, more accessible to, to others. But I get thank you messages every day. So you're channeling all this energy into um, workshops, counseling and a book. Yes. <laughs> how, how, what shape do your workshops take? So I'm giving a uh, workshops about child sexual abuse prevention and there I'm telling a bit about my story so people uh, get to know me in, in person and then I tell them what is child sexual abuse because first of all it's a power, uh, it's abuse of power and then the different types that are physical like con physical contact and without physical contact, the consequences it has, how to prevent it how to detect it, how to listen to someone who has gone through abuse and how a child can build a safety, a safety network. So when they finish the workshop, they have enough information uh, to prevent, to detect and to listen to someone. For me, it's very important because I didn't have anyone to go to. It was such a taboo. Uh, people didn't talk about it. So I want to build a society where everybody knows about this. It's not that you have to be uh, paranoid and be looking for it all the time, but you know it happens and you know how to react 
when someone when someone tells you yeah. knowing that you're not alone exactly knowing that you're not alone and that the society is ready to support uh, survivors that's uh, for me it's really 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 important now we haven't um, tackled uh, the subject of the perpetrators and pedophiles themselves um, you mentioned the word prevention earlier if these people were identified earlier can they be helped too so there's we have uh, pedophiles who have people who has the inclination to uh, they feel attracted by by children and these people uh, can be helped uh, there's an organization in the netherlands and around the world called stop it now stop it now and they can ask for help and they can be um, retrained. I don't know exactly how to how they how they do it, but because I haven't gone into depth into that uh, topic, but they can be help so they don't abuse children. And some pedophiles are aware of that and they don't want to hurt, right? And then we have people that just repeat a pattern. They are not necessarily uh, pedophiles. They, it can be your own mother or uncle or whoever that he was showered in a certain way and is repeating the same thing to you. And they don't even identify that with sexual abuse. Or they give you an educational demonstration of what sex is. And it's not an appropriate uh, age and not the appropriate way of doing it. And they are just repeating a pattern. These people have to be aware that that is sexual abuse, but many will not identify it. And some of the sexual abuses happen in, they look like a joke. Uh, maybe they are touching your butt and making a joke or your breast or your testicles when you're growing up. Like, oh, look at what I'm... Uh, my macho, I don't know, son, <laughs> or something like that, and and I don't know how to train these people. But the more people that come to the workshops and they get the information, they can realize about these patterns and they can stop them. Because also, what could happen is that these people that are repeating patterns, maybe they do something in front of the family or friends. And if no one stops them, when they, then when they are alone with the kid, something else can happen. So if someone is making comments about uh, your daughter that she's becoming a, a beautiful woman, depends how he or she is doing it, you should say, well, like, stop it right there, because this is not appropriate for you to say it. So you need to be very, very mindful of these jokes or people that are... Uh, bold or blunt uh, about sexual things when they talk about it in in the circles about your children or all the children that are around you started on a book is it going to be autobiographical i take it is and when can we see it patricia i um, I, I said i started the book and i started uh, as a poetry book and then I started adding some short stories and then I started adding some theater in the book because I'm, a, I'm an actress, as you know. 
and I put there stand up about suicidal thoughts and 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 abuse and then another one about alcoholism and it like it kept growing uh, growing and growing and growing and I have an illustrator as uh, she's uh, reading me very well and, and I have parts with the illustration and then I also have inside a graphic novel with one of the rituals that I did which was smashing a watermelon with the picture of the abuser <laughs> <laughs> I could just visualize that gosh and um, so it has all these many uh, elements and I'm trying and it has emails and it has whatsapps so it, it is autobiographical. I'm changing some of the names. Of so it sounds more like a compilation yes. uh, of various facets and in various media, really. So, uh, yeah, that sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, too. I still need I'm in the fourth version of the manuscript and I am refining and I need to cut maybe about 100 pages, I think, to to make it publishable. And maybe from this hundred pages, another book will <laughs> will come because I also want to do a how-to guide um, for survivors, how to get through this. Patricia, before we wrap up this interview, um, how do people get hold of you? And I think you mentioned earlier that you can't help everyone, so be specific about yeah who you can help. Yeah. Uh, so I can help people who want to go to therapy but still don't feel strong enough. They fear they will not find the right uh, person. I can help you to get stronger mentally and physically and emotionally to get there. While you're in therapy, I can be, I can be the person that really, I have become the person I would have liked to have <laughs> by my side, right? Um, I can be there with you day after day to make sure that you don't give up uh, on yourself and start building um, you know your goals your dreams where do you want to go and feel most of all at peace and calm and quiet and um, it doesn't mean not being energetic because you can hear I'm quite energetic but alive right build this uh, liveliness that you uh, that is resides within you and to people who have finished therapy and you know st you're in crutches so i can get you off those crutches and to be f to be at peace and happy and awaken your inner child which is like uh, fantastic and i tell you what i don't know when but i will plan also uh retreats I don't know when, but I have big plans to do retreats that will combine everything I am doing and I am teaching like one-to-one -one in in groups. So, Well, it sounds like you've got to come back to the studio. Tell us about <laughs> the publication of your book <laughs> and your retreat in the not-too-distant future, I hope, Patricia. Thank you so much for being our guest on Dutch Buzz. You are a genuine pearl. Dutch Buzz, your listening ear in The Hague.